from recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. I'm your host, Steve Urban, and here is your RiderFlex podcast episode of the day. How are you? What's it been a year? Or, I don't know. I forgot to look. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was probably January-ish 2020. Okay. Uh, you know, the before times. Right. That's right. Cause then a couple of months later, I, I, I was going to, we were going to try to connect for beers or maybe dinner or something while you were in Boulder and then COVID happened and you're like, okay, I, I got to go. I'm going back East for a little bit. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I got home before you couldn't. That was, you know, right. that was just in the nick of time. I was driving across country as everything was locking down and I, remember. I already knew, you know, the severity dealing with, you know, my factories in China and talking with them over Chinese New Year and all of that. So I had an inkling of what was happening, but, and also my father's a physician, you know, being from this side. So, you know, being in Pennsylvania, New York, that region, we, we definitely felt it sooner than I guess the inland did. But as I was driving across Kansas, stopping at a McDonald's for lunch at a rest area, driving back to PA, <laughs> And, you know, all the tables are, are up and everybody's being like, this is Kansas. No offense, Kansas. I mean, but in general, when it comes to um, you look at the map of COVID laws, let's say. Right, right. You know, they were, you know, going to places that you're like, if they're taking it seriously. Right. This, you know, um, although it was yeah. one of those interesting thought experiments because, you know, this was like my first interaction with COVID stuff. And they're like, oh, you can't use the soda fountain. We have to fill it up for you. And it's like in hindsight, was it ever a good idea for a bunch of people who just used the bathroom and didn't wash their hands on their lunch break to, get to touch the soda machine that you're going to touch and then not right. wash your hands and then go eat the burger? So there's some of those things that I'm sure we're going to adjust to in the, the new reality that we're facing that you're just kind of like, well, you know, they kind of have a point. Um, right. It's so interesting. You mentioned that about when you drove, drove across states and when you get to a certain state, if they're starting to do things, you're like, oh, I guess this is serious. I actually had the same thought when I went to uh, Wyoming because uh, I crossed the Wyoming border a couple of times early on and they weren't they weren't really doing much. You know, they were one of the later, you know, one of the, the uh, late adopters, if you will. And uh, and then I went back up to Wyoming after a while, I can't remember how many months it was, but you know, it was a few months later and all of a sudden they're, they're, they're wearing masks and stuff. And the same thing, I had the same thought. I'm like, okay, well, if they're doing it up here, I guess it is pretty serious. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you know but how it is but, in life. What, the doctor what, says you shouldn't do such and such. And how many people smoke cigarettes, right? And I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who isn't aware of the consequences, but it is a conscious choice. Um, right. And, Hopefully we're getting more towards that, at least with this whole thing. But I do, I do find that funny. Do I, I do find that fascinating, though, the whole. Uh, uh, OK, I'm at a bar. I, I just had two shots. I ate a giant cheeseburger and I stepped outside to smoke a cigarette. But I got my mask on. <laughs> right. Like, or the okay. government, the only thing you're allowed to do with that, right? <laughs> You can't get COVID at a restaurant. It's the only thing you're allowed to do without a mask on indoors. Right. It's a magical bubble of impenetrability. Um, <laughs> right. Like, have you ever passed gas in a restaurant? Every other table knows it. So to think <laughs> the virus doesn't do the same thing. Like, <laughs> that's a great example. Uh, 
yeah, some of the things, yeah, it's been, you know, so much of it has been, uh, uh, you know, fascinating, I guess is the word I use as, as we do different things as human beings and certain things were done and and we're we're still doing and the things happened. I was just like, wow, I, I, you know, I'm, I'll be 54 this summer. And, uh, you know, I thought, man, like this is, I'll never, I don't think we'll ever see some of this stuff again, or at least I hope not. I don't know. But, but some of these things, I never would have thought they would have happened. Like I just never would have dreamed that some of this stuff uh, would have happened like it did, but. Yeah. It looks I, like I really, yeah. Feel for those who, you know, it's easy for us to, to quip about restaurants should do this, but we don't own a restaurant. We're, right. you know, we're not in a vice dealing with that situation. And, you know, there's so many people that are, are just hurting mm-hmm. so bad and it, it really, it's, it's sad. It's sad to think about. Um, and, you know, totally great blessed, yeah. but I have a lot of friends who, you know, they're, they're feeling it for sure. Um, restaurants in, in particular, people that I know own restaurants and bar. I mean, even the little small town I live in right here, you know, I, I know the owners and uh, yeah, I just was like, I'm like, damn, I just really feel for you, man. I, you know, um, yeah. And they're they, damned if they do, damned if they don't. So they're, they're right? truly, it's a no-win situation. Right. Um, <laughs> but what are you going to do? You know, I did, uh, I did, um, you know, I don't know about where you're at. Uh, starting to loosen a little bit. Um, starting to loosen a little bit. It's interesting within Colorado, Colorado has been fascinating because you within our state, you have counties that mm-hmm. are very, very different. Uh, and uh, the county I happen to live in uh, is uh, is uh, is a is a red county. Uh, and so they, you know, the, the whole time they're like, ah, we're not doing that. We're not doing this. Anyway, my, my point of that story was going to be, I went to the uh, tavern. There's a little tavern that I like to go to sometimes on, on a Friday or whatever, and have a couple of beers. It's like four blocks from my house. I went last Friday and I walked in and it's the first time I've walked into a tavern in, in a year and over a year where it was like, wow, this actually feels like pretty damn close to normal like like this is pretty this is as normal as i've seen it in over a year anywhere right and right I was like, wow. exactly you know which was just refreshing and just so great to just be around people and i saw i saw people i knew and the people in town and we're shaking hands are coming up to me and we're standing by the bar ordering a beer like a regular world i'm like wow this is so refreshing to be able to do this you know because i hadn't done it so long but uh anyway um your business, man. I've been watching. I've been watching uh, some of the social media and stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, Matt. Matt's he's he's got it going. He's got it. Yeah. Going. I mean, yeah. we've been, like I said, very fortunate that um, COVID for us didn't put the brakes on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've been working from home since the beginning of 2019. So yeah. you know, we already right, had right. a lab. That wasn't, you know, shut down. Um, right. You know, our team, everybody stayed healthy, which is very good. Uh, so we're very fortunate with that. And we've been actually, I'd say something that's come out of COVID for us in a positive is 
there's been, you know, rightfully so, a lot of talk about different types of equality and frankly, you know, long time coming conversations. And, but one thing that we've been seeing a lot of and is this geographical equality conversation mm. of where you're located, especially for the last 12 months. And I think that that's gonna be a shift that we see matters less because so many of these programs yep. went online. So for example, you know, we've yep. been members of Silicon Valley Robotics, but many of their programs were in person. And as an early stage startup, yes, maybe I could fly out there four times a year or something like that, but I can't be there every week. And right. really then you get to opportunity cost of, I'm going for a one hour meeting that's eating up two, out, two days of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's been so many programs that we've been able to participate in thanks to essentially Zoom. Um, and I mean, you read about the, the exodus from Silicon Valley. And on the one hand, everyone's worried. How can you be worried about people leaving in a place where there's already a housing shortage? That sounds like a solution to a problem, not right? a problem, right? <laughs> like they're already overcrowded. Some of the crowd is going to go somewhere else. Great but, point. I mean, the converse of that is that crowd I know is having influence on some of these regions they're moving and there's all sorts of cultural shifts and issues that I, I know are arising so i am cognizant of there's no such thing as oh everybody wins right those people are going places and influencing the places that they're going um but i think that that the the notion of oh maybe three days in the office two days virtual you don't have to live in town where you work yes. will continue Agreed. Allowing programs and pitches and meetings and uh, get togethers to be on Zoom that used to not be and really, you know, benefit, especially startups like us. Like if you're a massive PwC and one person's job is to go to every meeting in California and a second person's job is to go to every meeting in Colorado and a third person's job, right? Like you have that infrastructure. Great. But when you're, you know, three, four people trying to make it happen on a small budget, Without Zoom, we'd have to pick and choose a lot more. So that's been really good. I love, yeah, I love the fact that the company's opening up to remote, not only with courses, classes, programs, uh, work in general. I, you know, we've been like you. We RiderFlex has been remote since the beginning. Like we, you know, we were we used Zoom before Zoom was cool. Right. You know? And uh, but I love I love the fact that there's so many things, and not to go down a rabbit hole here on remote stuff, but I just think it's a huge benefit in so many different areas the the uh, the talent pool when you're recruiting for your company you're now you're, you're recruiting glo- not not just nationally you're recruiting globally for exactly talent. Uh, um, it's like that notion in good to great where he goes you gotta have the right people on the bus first who then what with remote work it's first who then where right, right? you don't worry about where it's, exactly. It goes back to first find who, whereas if you're hyper-focused on the water cooler and having everybody stand around it, it's first where, then who. I and, totally, totally I mean, agree. There are arguments that sure. I know I know for me, you know, I live by myself. I in the house by myself. Like the highlight of my day is to go pick up packages at our uh, at our office and say hi to somebody <laughs> or like go to the supermarket and talk to a cashier to have human contact without a 30 millisecond delay. But like, at the same time, I think, so I do 
the social animal in me wants that water cooler conversation that shooting a little bit of it a little bit of it right yeah and when you're on zoom right i've noticed people who are never late are late for zoom meetings (laughs) because they we all pack our schedules so much right that the meeting ends and you have 12 seconds to you know bio break and get more water and then go right back at it so in essence you know zoom fatigue i don't know if it's fatigue from the zoom as you know coupled with well you don't have 10 minutes between classes because the instructor is like oh we'll go to 59 next instructor says oh everybody should be here let's start right like it's all just you do have to you do have to i have purposely so i block my calendar now i have i'll 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 have certain 30 minute uh 15 minute or an hour even for me like so between 11 30 and 12 30 mountain time every day like you can't get me that's my I walk my, I eat my lunch. I walk my dog. I go around the block. I go to pick up a package, whatever. Like I get away from my desk right. a little bit. If you don't block your time, especially in the zoom world, you're right. It's back to back to back. And you don't even, you can't even go to the restroom. You're like trying to run to the restroom real quick, get some water, get a cup of coffee, boom, you're back. Yeah. It's fatigue. You got to be careful uh, how that works. It is exactly. interesting. It is interesting that you miss the people piece a little bit, right? You do. You do miss the water cooler conversation, um, but it almost forces me, it has forced me to become more engaged with my neighborhood. Like, like I will, I notice I talk to my neighbors that I live close to more when I see them outside. If I'm, if I'm stepping out on my back porch with a cup of coffee and I see my neighbor and he's in his backyard, I'm like, Hey, what's, what's going on, Grant? How you doing? Like, I never used to do that before. Like we never, we never had Oh, for sure. You appreciate, you know, the, the <laughs> meaning list. And I mean it, as just yeah. a statement, not that they didn't have meaning, but the anecdotal, right. the UPS guy giving you a package is the highlight, right? Where it's like, <laughs> hey, how you doing? Um, <laughs> those little things that we all took for granted before. I do, um, I do, I do also think it's huge, and I don't want to. I know we're going down, or we've spent time on this remote thing. Just what it does for the planet and the and the and the highways and the traffic and the pollution and all of that. I mean, you know, it truly frees up the highways for the people that actually do need to drive, like for the electrician that actually does need to get on the road and go somewhere, right? Exactly. Uh, the, Not to the mention the carbon dip. The car, yeah, all of that. You know, it's it is good in, in a lot of ways. I don't think we're. I do think we will look back. In fact, I think me and you may have talked about this on the first time you were on the show. I do think we will look back on society and say to ourselves, like, holy shit, like we used to make human beings drive an hour so that they could go into a giant building and open a laptop and sit at a cubicle. Like we actually used to do that. Like, why do we do that? I think I think that's going to be a conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if we talked about that other than I've always walked to work. So for me, I've thus far basically avoided, other than like going to River Guide, which I drive up on Friday and drive home on Sunday because I camp out. Like, yeah, I yeah. walked to work when I was a professor. I walked to work as a grad student. You know, right. I walked out of my bedroom and into this room to do uh, building robots. And uh, yeah, I, I living here in the Lehigh Valley, we're uh, about an hour and a half without traffic to Manhattan. Okay. And there's a large population who take the bus or drive every day to New York City to work. And they got rid of our train, ooh, I don't know, 
30 years ago, 40 years ago was the last time trains ran to Bethlehem. Yeah. They're talking about the new proposal putting in uh, light rail again because oh, really? it's literally straight down 78. It's a straight shot down a highway to Manhattan. And we'll see. But yeah, the, the commuting is, is, is insane. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Tell me, so tell me, let's get an update on Flex. Uh, you know, first of all, yeah, you know, everything you're doing online is great. So I love the, the marketing and the news and the things I'm seeing, but give the listeners, tell the listeners what's happening. Like what's the latest and kind of how things. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I'm founder CEO of flex solutions. We're an early stage uh, robotics company solving real world problems with cutting edge robotics, but really boiling that down. We've been focusing in on the infrastructure and more specifically construction maintenance and inspection. So you have all these workers out there who need to, you know, you just bought a building and you need to map inside the ceiling to plan your renovations, or you need to update the, the building envelope and seal it. And you don't want to get out on a ladder, all these places that you know exactly what you need to do, but there's no good way to do it safely and easily and practically. And so we're looking at using snake-like robotics. And uh, we invented this robot called this FlexBot that's one inch in diameter which is really close to at least three times smaller than anything else that's out there, which allows you to get that notion of shove it in that hole that you really don't want to stick your hand in, right. but then be able to actually map it, inspect it, and then put a tool on the end and actually accomplish a task. Um, so we've been going out and getting a lot of traction in the construction space. Good. With, uh, companies that, you know, industry leaders, some of the biggest um, companies in the construction space, architecture space, and they all feel the problem firsthand that many years ago when I was a property manager doing these renovations, I felt too. I'm like, this sucks. There's got to be a better way. And you look at robotics in general, this isn't a problem I'm willing to spend 60 grand on. I'm going to spend 60 grand on a tool. It's going to be a nice new truck, not right. this little thing. And that's where most robots are. But looking at driving that price down to where it's actually affordable, to put one of these in every work truck. So we're looking at taking a few of our flex spot links that all have cameras and can extend and move like a snake. And you can actually kind of hold it like you would, you know, if you were going to roll paint on a wall or something, right? So hold that handle, but shove it up in the ceiling, shove it behind your fridge, or you need to get up there. Why get a ladder? Stand on the ground and have an mm -hmm. extending pole and actually be able to do things from ground inside, not on scaffolding. Because a lot of workplace, actually like one in five workplace accidents happen at heights. And then most common form of death for construction workers. It's falls. false. Yeah. I saw that on your YouTube video. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was, I was watching that. Yeah, it, it, it's astounding. And then we talk about confined spaces and companies like Dow Chemical have made their corporate statement that we're going to eliminate humans entering confined spaces during the 2020s. That's their corporate mission because the, the death statistics and the injury statistics really aren't that many injury statistics in confined spaces. They're more death statistics. Wow. statistics. Wow. And, you know, the, you go on the BLS or like OSHA site and you look and it's like, I'm, I'm going to you know, mess up the numbers here, but a very large percentage of them, the supervisor was near the guy or girl doing the work. So it's not like, you know, uh, Jimmy the idiot did something dumb. It's like, yeah. no, they went through a safety plan. They thought through this. They all were certified before they went in. They did their paperwork. And then, you know, 
if you go to lifeguarding, like the order to rescue somebody is like reach, throw, row, go. Like the fourth thing you should try to do is actually go out there and help them because, uh-huh. you know, you could get hurt. Well, it's the same thing. <laughs> the statistics on buddies trying to help each other out in confined space accidents, the number of people who wow. Wow. died trying to help their friend in that incident. So it's there's all these sort of that. things that we don't think about. And those are areas where we really think we could demonstrate value. Is there any chance that you can get the insurance companies to promote or push or tell the construction companies like, Hey, if you order 200 flex bots, then your insurance rate, blah, blah, blah. Is there any, any tie into that? I think ultimately, but that would require, I think across many industries, it's interesting, right? Cause the United States is a very tort focused nation, yeah. Yeah. but when it comes yeah. to work, we seem to worry more about the end user and the customer when it comes to tort, not our employee. Um, that's what I kind of noticed across a lot of these industries where unfortunately safety seems like more of a talking point and mm. a happy mm. benefit of technologies that build value. Mm. Um, and again, I, I think you, you, on the surface of a lot of people will say, no, 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 we disagree with that. But then when you boil down to trying to sell somebody a purely safety focused product, Right. Try to get them to sign the check and see where their priorities really lie. <laughs> when I left being a professor, a bunch of people said some very nice things to me like, oh, we're so sad you're leaving and all this. And I adopted a saying, I could take it to heart, but I can't take it to the bank. And that's like a lot of this stuff. Oh, I believe you don't want your workers getting hurt, but I, you're not going to write the check to that extent. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's a shame. Now we've seen some industries like look at mining. If you look at the injury and death statistics in mining, that curve just dropped off. It is unbelievable. Again, there's not an easy job. It's not a safe job, but it's not, you know, people still get hurt, but the statistics are so low. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's crazy. Mm. What is the most likely thing that's going to happen to you going to work? Driving there. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like that's the reality. If we can get, you know, that's another thing we talk about too of, get it done the first time you send out a worker and they're able to just accomplish the task because they have a flex spot in their truck and a cost that many companies don't think about, especially on the smaller scale is something called truck roll where every time that truck leaves your facility to go do anything, there's a cost associated. There's to a cost. Yeah. There's gas, there's opportunity cost. And I've worked with a lot of one and two, you know, a few people shops, uh, contractors, and magically, you have that punch list of the few things they owe you, and they come back once a week for the next 10 weeks and do one thing at a time. So you think about how many people have minimum billings and stuff like that. So they're right. going to probably spend two hours for the next 10 weeks doing 20 minutes worth of work each time, mm. which is mm. money. Mm. And so mm. if you could just do it the first time and have the tools you need. What's the... Um... What's the life cycle of the company with regards to clients and revenue and so forth? Are you, are you, are you producing, are you mass producing or you got, you got huge orders to. I know that's a great question. Yeah. So we're, we're pre-seed. We're going into our seed round this summer, which is exciting to actually raise the money for go to market. So we're at the prototype partnership stage. So we've been securing pilot use cases with these large strategics who 
Okay. You know, they're leaders in the industry. They know about the problem. We come out with the prototype and we're working alongside with them okay. to test it, validate. And really something that we're very passionate about is meeting the workers where they're at. Mm. And you know, it's very easy for me as a PhD in smart product design and things to, to I'm going to say, you know, Steve Jobs, this is an iPhone. This is how you use it. And he happened to be right more often than he was wrong. So good for him. But that's an outlier, not the norm. And it's very typical that it's like colonializing how people work. You're going to do it my way with this tool. And it's mm. like, well, no, we have a way of doing this. And so long as we have a choice, we, you know, we want you to adopt to us. And so we want to learn from these users okay. and have them explain, okay, I'd rather have a switch. Somebody pulls a lever, don't give them a button, right? And if somebody presses buttons, don't give them a keyboard. Mm -hmm. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, society puts good, bad, all this stuff on. Don't think about it if they're wrong for doing it the way or only knowing how to do something. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. You just need to accept that for what it is and then work with that. And have so you made a bunch of changes. Have you, have you made changes to the pro, to your early prototype based on all these use cases with these, with these oh, folks? Undoubtedly. And what we yeah. really learned is, you know, that whole kiss, keep it simple, mm -hmm. that it's really something that I, I kind of have adopted as a, as a motto for us in the company. I really learned this from my, my years river guiding, uh, taking people whitewater rafting. I've run the same section of river hundreds of times. Okay. For me, I do it backwards in a kayak. For yeah. other people, they're screaming their faces off like they're gonna die. <laughs> and what's ordinary for me is extraordinary for everybody else. Mm. And in mm. so many industries, mm. right? If you work at a five-star restaurant, then eating that level of food is just normal. Wait, right. you don't eat imported this every day? Like, come on. And as a technologist, it's really easy for people like me to get caught up in, oh, but this isn't going to Mars, right? Like, how could this be valuable? It's not cutting edge, but it's like, they just need it to just, go in yeah. a ceiling and take images <laughs> at a did price you have, they can afford. Did you have the all the different ends uh, or, or the end caps or I, I don't know what you, the, the, the uh, end effectors like tools those sort of things. yeah yeah because when i was watching the the stuff today i'm like man i don't remember all these different ends the first time we talked is that so that's a that lot from the customer too okay. with what would you want to do with this tell us what mm -hmm. you want mm -hmm. um and then developing alongside them what end effector what tool they want gotcha. um to really you know enable them and Gotcha. A lot of that also comes with, as a company, taking a step back and saying, where is robotics today? Mm -hmm. I like to make a joke. Have you seen a self-driving car? I haven't. I haven't either. I've <laughs> seen cars that pretend to be self-driving. I see cars that <laughs> do a decent job of cruise control. But right. Right, you don't have a car that just goes no. wherever the heck it needs to go. Because no, no. it's a really tough robotics problem. Oh, yeah. And we look at that too of someday you're going to have flex spots driving through the wall, drilling through everything, doing all of that. But what can we do until then to generate value? Until then. We, we kept thinking, 
And that's where we got down to these like three to five flex spot links. Okay. Gotcha. And just kind of looking because the, the, the corollary to that is what companies are going to win the self-driving car race? The ones with the most data. Mm. It is a data game, mm. right? Mm. What, so if you think about it, Tesla is just a giant data collection vehicle with all those cameras, right? How many Teslas are out there? How many GM vehicles are out there with cameras? So who's yeah. got more data, Yeah. right? And gotcha. so they with the data, and that's the same thing of how many people have been mapping inside of walls, inside of pipes? Not that many, but with flex spots going out there, initially with the worker kind of working with it, we start collecting that data mm. that we need to create autonomy and semi-autonomy. But also you're able to look at big data problems. Can you know, the customers start getting insights of, we own, you know, 10,000 apartment complexes. And now we've looked at enough bathroom ceilings to know when there's a leak without even going inside, right? So starting to look at those big data insights. And then, you know, the next tier on that is as a company like Flex, when we have enough Flex spots out in an industry, can we start looking, you know, anonymized user data, but aggregating that into large insights, Mm. Like let's say in agriculture, mm. you have enough mm. of these out mm. there in silos. We can actually maybe garner what things are going to happen, stuff like that. So really looking at the power of data. Right. I never thought data. of it. I never thought of your tool as a data collection like that. Are you gonna are you gonna set it up so that if a construction company buys twenty of them and they're recording data, how what does that relationship look like? Are you like, hey guys, when that data comes back to your servers? we want to get a copy of it or we want it to, how are you going to do that? Yeah. That's a great question and still work in progress. Okay. Um, okay. You know, really collaborating, but I think we can draw a lot from the cell phone market and you look at like in okay. Google, right? Okay. So take Google. Okay. How many of us use Gmail for free? Right. Which they well, have that. They mine they have, your data. How yeah, many of us right. use Gmail yeah. for free for work versus yeah. you pay, yeah. you know, the freemium model. You don't gotcha. want your data harvested. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. hey, okay. as okay. long as it's, I think, in terms of equality and equity, you can't make it, you must sign a million dollar contract yeah. to be right. able to do this. No, but, yeah. you know, freedom isn't free. There's no such thing as a free lunch here, right? Like <laughs> the internet is based around data sales. Yes. That's what enables the internet we know and love. <laughs> and as a society, we need yeah. to come to grips with well, how much are you willing to, and that, uh, there was a great, what was I listening to? Maybe it was a uh, marketplace yesterday. It was talking about the new Apple keynotes. And mm. um, so today's, so on uh, the 20th episode of the marketplace, uh, you know, the six o'clock show, they were talking about with new Apple's new keynote yesterday, that starting with their new version of iOS mobile, and I'm an Android user, but this is just something I, I heard from yesterday, that you have to by default, opt in to tracking right really? now we live in a society of opting out opting but out, apple yeah. just made which if you think about it apple just said which you know fundamentally i do agree with the school of thought that apple is a luxury brand and if you think about it as a luxury brand it makes sense the economics and all and so okay people are willing to pay a premium for an apple product in a way that we don't have to monetize the data it's like Arapahoe Basin in Colorado saying we're going to sell less season passes because everybody loves a basin because you go and you park at the beach, you go, you hike the North Pole. That's a basin. 
and mm-hmm. it's worth it to them to maybe lose a little bit of revenue here, but to have mm-hmm. a better experience. And that it's interesting to see how data is being you know, thought of in those ways. Yeah, that's I, I never thought of that for, for your tool. I will tell you this, bringing it down to 1,000 feet, I thought about you this morning because in the basement where my office is, there's a restroom. And every time my wife now recently, when she takes a shower upstairs, I hear what I think is a slow drip. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, I'm pretty sure there's a leak up there. And I was like, if I had a flex spot, I could just. <laughs> exactly. Catch it before, uh, you know, preventative maintenance. Or as we like to joke, it's kind of like laparoscopic surgery. It's not that they don't cut a hole. Is that they just cut a hole in a better place, right? <laughs> like, you know, maybe we could do it from the closet in your bathroom in. Oh, we right. have a huge thunderstorm coming in. It's going to be exciting. Oh, you got to <laughs> get some sound effects for the podcast. That'd be all right. That'd be all right. So, so the, the, uh, you're raising cash to go to market, which means that, so that cash is going to be used for, uh, mass production slash marketing slash, self-support i don't know i guess all of it a little bit huh yeah so um i'd say there's kind of the three main buckets one is you know my specialty is mechatronics the mechanical electrical computer like a car is a mechatronic system okay motors talk to the circuits talk to the software right and it's like this smart device essentially right just how a robot I am a mechatronics person. I figure out how to build the hardware, how to make the motor spin, how to get the sensors to go. So you have the physical bot itself. Mm-hmm. And so we need to deal with, okay, well, how do you make 10,000 of these a month? Right. How do we simplify? Right. So you have the design for manufacturing, the design for uh, assembly. And so part of the raise goes to that. A second part is robotics. And I find a lot of people get confused about what robotics is. And I've talked to a lot of prospective engineering students back in my uh, you know, Lehigh days as a faculty member about, ooh, I wanna build robots. So I'm gonna become a roboticist. And again, I'm not a roboticist, but I build robots because the mechatronics people build the robot. The roboticists are the mathematicians, the algorithms, perception, computer vision, you know, how does Google Maps, I want to go from my house to your house. How does it know what directions to do? I how see. does it know what a street sign is? How do you do I these see. path plannings, mm. obstacle mm. avoidance? Mm. That is the mm. field of robotics. And roboticists are these brilliant mathematicians, for lack of a better word, and computer scientists who can write these algorithms that take video feeds from cameras and stitch them together and know what a hot dog is versus a not hot dog. Or, and like, mm. you know, things like that. Um, so then we need, you know, we need to have talent in robotics, okay. computer vision sensors, you know, that sort of thing, uh, you know, talent in the mechatronics and talent can both be in-house, but also looking yeah. at, well, there's firms that specialize in these. And then the tertiary thing is sales, marketing, yep. is dev, um, which is equally as important, if not more important, because as much as I love being an engineer, I love being a CEO of a company that even more. And so there's are no you, are you, are you, yeah. Are you enjoying being the CEO as it grows and just dealing with, I mean, cause you're, cause you're still, I guess, technically pre-revenue, right? So 
but but you are having to deal with the ins and outs of building a startup, which goes way beyond you just building the robot. <laughs> yes, the exactly. I, I'm very excited to pass the build the robot hat. Gotcha. To the next team, <laughs> you know, bring you on ahead of engineering. Frankly, excuse me, people who specialize in, I'm pretty good at a lot of things and I can pick it up, but a lot of times I'm reading like a data sheet about things and like, oh, my lecturer, you know, he's doing great. You know, you Google this stuff. I'm like, but I don't, I have to Google what the chapter heading is <laughs> before I can read this stuff. And so if you at least know the chapter headings, then the information in the middle makes a little bit more sense, right? So there's a lot of things I find myself, you know, in that field. And I guess I love you know, doing things like this, talking to customers, yeah. um, networking, what about, raising, what about raising the cash? You, do you like the, are you, are you going to enjoy talking to VC or whatever? I do enjoy it. I really do. I think yeah. it's, it's a very fascinating exercise because you have the mm -hmm. full spectrum of VCs. And I think everybody will agree with me. Sometimes you're talking to a VC and you're like, how did you get to be this VC? <laughs> and other times you're talking to a VC and their mind is just incredible to listen to. It's so true. You're, ab you're absolutely you're right. I mean, that's true right. for I, people in general, but, you know. I, I, classify, I classify billionaires that way. You know, anytime I've met billionaires, I have, yeah, one of those two thoughts. Either I'm like, wow, this guy is extremely intelligent and fascinating. Or I'm like, how the hell did you, how'd you get here? <laughs> You know, somebody did invent the pet rock and become a billion, but they're an outlier, not the norm. Um, uh, so you enjoy so, that, though. The, the raising the cash, the pit pitches, you're going to enjoy that. I love pitching. Pitching is one, public yeah. speaking, pitching, all of that. And I'm so fortunate to have put together, um, you know, since we last spoke, I brought on Jill. That was like the first team member. I remember, right. right yeah. She just was starting uh, yeah, beginning of 2020. Right. And then since then, um, Jason and, and Mark have come on and cool. they each have 20 plus years experience. You know, Jason's our head of strategy. Mark is our head of product. And then Jill has done operations all over. And so yeah. I now have a mentorship team That's with me. And so That's it cool. makes it really, what I was really frustrating when I was first CEOing, just business focused, was... I had no metrics to measure my efforts on, right? I was pounding the pavement without any results. And I had nobody telling me whether or not I was even pounding the right sidewalk, <laughs> right? Was I doing the right thing? The only thing I knew how to do was reach out to people, apply to things and yep. just spend hours a day at it. Mm. And I had no, and because we weren't getting success and you know, it was just me. I had nothing to base that those efforts on. Whereas now, you know, yeah. Jason has taken a startup from founding CEO to ringing the New York Stock Exchange bell. He knows about go. raising venture capital. Yeah. Mark used to be the head of product at Make Magazine and is, you know, used to run Maker Fairs and Adafruit, all these companies you've heard of, he's worked with. Great job on signing them. Great, great job on yeah. signing uh, major. And talent. so it's nice to have that guidance. Oh, super great job in, in surrounding yourself with with talent like that early on. When you probably, I'm just going to take a guess here and and say that you probably had to sign them 
for less than their current market value, meaning they probably could go work somewhere else and make a lot more right now, but you, you sold them on the vision, they see the value, they see the upside, and you're like, come on, man, come with me. This is going to be good. <laughs> well, and I think the, the, the last thing is it's intellectually stimulating. Mm, they have good. fun. Yeah, right. They're right. they're intrigued. It's it's mm -hmm. what they want to be doing. It's yeah. you. Yeah. I, I I deal with sometimes I'll do things like when I was a, a, a property manager for the college landlords. I was making you no. Know, I have a master's degree in mechanical engineering, and I'm plunging the toilet <laughs> because I enjoyed it. I liked fixing houses. Right. Yeah. That was the only way you were going to be able to pay me what you were paying me. And have me do that is because I was having fun. As soon as it wasn't fun anymore, it was like, well, I can spend my time any other way and I'm going to make more money at least. Right, right. Um, Are you flipping houses on the side? I'm surprised you're not fixing up houses, uh, fixing and flipping right now. Matter of fact, I went, well, first of all, if you got like a time machine or cloning or something, <laughs> I barely have enough. I can't remember. That's why I want to get rid of my technical duties is so that I can use this room full of toys to play you know i have a whole lab here full of equipment for you know nice. building stuff and nice. instead i you know i spend all my time building robots so looking forward <laughs> to definitely being able to diversify you know my activities with that um, have you have you have you had some early um signs that people are interested in like purchasing you even before pre-revenue purchasing us or the the bot uh, like the company, like just saying, Hey, look, we'll, we'll take your technology you got so far. We'll just buy the whole damn thing. Come over here and be our lead, our lead scientist and, and work under ABC company. Have you had those conversations? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised I think if you we're, we're starting to get to, I'm trying to think of the right in, in a city, right? You have the beltway, you have the feeder highways, right? Where yeah. like you get on the road, and eventually you're going to end up on the yellow brick road, yeah. right? We're, we're getting towards those entrances okay. to the freeway, right? So okay. we're having conversations with these companies that buying us is a cool. Um, yeah. But we're, we're also trying to be open-minded with it because it's easy to, to be like a bug in the light and get zapped in, but it's not unheard of for some of these multinationals um to want exclusivity and things like that yeah and yeah this early yeah. on yeah i wouldn't uh i would i mean you know i wouldn't go too early i wouldn't if you know because exactly think, yeah yeah i think you're going to be super valuable i don't know what i don't know why my camera's fuzzy let me try something um i wouldn't go too early Cause I think, I think you get to uh, production, you know, get your seed money in, you get to production, you get to some real revenue, all of a sudden you're generating, you know, you're three, four years into a nice income statement, you're generating some positive cash. I think your value is going to go through the roof and then, then, then you can, you know, then they can take you out to steak dinner and talk to you about some stuff. <laughs> exactly. And I think we look at that of, you know, our goals of, these partnerships selling many to, to a few strategics. And so like, Oh, you know, we've we work with Comcast. So I use Comcast as an example. Yeah. Um, like, you know, they have tens of thousands of technicians. So can we get tens of thousands of flex bots in that one customer's hand and work with them? Yeah. But to get to the store shelves of Home Depot and Lowe's, yeah. that's B2B. 
there's company, there's major manufacturer tool manufacturers out there who do this day in, day out. Yep. So by the time we're looking at that level of scale, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a different conversation that Agreed. it's not the flex spot on the store shelf at Home Depot. Yeah. Yeah. But there's some steps along the way to get there. Yeah, because you're I'm guessing. Do you want to be a consumer goods company? I want to be a successful company. Yeah. Right. I mean, again, back to that whole letting the customer and market dictate it. I don't, you know, you ask me what my appetite is for. I think there's a lot of expertise that an organization has to have to be a successful consumer goods company. Mm -hmm. And especially in, in deep tech where like you look at DJI and DJI with their drones and things Mm -hmm. they're I don't, as while they're, they're so ubiquitous throughout, I still wouldn't consider them a consumer goods company. It's still Mm -hmm. early adopters and Mm -hmm. people in the industry. You don't have somebody just walk into a Walmart and buy a DJI drone yet because a drone still is a high tech thing that has Mm -hmm. touch points and learning curves and, and all these sort of, um, codes and standards and things around. So I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, iRobot, Roomba is the, I would say probably the only robotics company that is just a, they're everywhere. And it's just, they got the consumer thing down. They got rid of their other business units to focus on consumer. It's the only company i recognize as like oh you go on amazon and you can buy this robot as a consumer like that's like i don't even recognize i couldn't even name another one quite honestly right there's toys there's companies like sphero misty those out there which they they did well but then they only got so far and there's still there's still barriers to cross but um, how far, how far are we? How, how long? Is it? So I'm 54. Am I going to get to see, am I going to get to see the little robot that like puts the laundry in and like does the dishes and takes the trash out? Am I, am I going to, am I going to have one of those in my house? Do you think before I, I'm dead? I don't know. Probably going to be, probably not, huh? <laughs> I don't know. There's a book that everybody at the company has been listening to futures faster than you think. And they keep trying to say it's all going to happen you know, in the next five years and 10 years. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe when you're, you're in the home and getting your diapers changed, there'll be a robot doing that for you. <laughs> but I don't know if, you know, you're going to have a catch in your meaningful days with one anytime soon, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. I mean, I listen to, I listen, you listen to Elon Musk and you're like, Oh wow, this is going to go super fast. And then you, and then another year goes by and I'm like, okay, well, I still can't even like talking to my Android every time. And it gets it, it gets it right. Like every single time. I don't know. I still, I still think we got a ways to go. Well, it's, it's that conundrum. Nobody wants to hear the truth about anything. How long is this right at Disney world? How long is the line? Do you actually want to know how long the line is? You're not asking how long the line is. You're, you're asking like, do I really feel like waiting for this? Right. Right. Like those sort of questions. And when's this going to be done? Well, if it was easy, it'd be done already. It'd be done already. We're an early stage robotics company. If the whole thing was done and we had a bunch of customers, we wouldn't be an early stage robotics company anymore. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. So the, so the very, the very next thing for you. So by the way, just for the listeners, because I know we're getting, we're running short on time now. I want to make sure I get this out. So it is, it is 
Flex Solutions, FLXSolutions.com. That's where you can go. Yep. See, the, see, see all about the company and all about Matt. And, uh, plus, you can look up Matthew Bilski on LinkedIn. I'm sure he wants a bunch of like spam LinkedIn messages to try to sell him additional stuff, right? You want a bunch oh, of- Oh, I already, he already, he set my first test to figure all that out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you can go on. Plus, there's some cool stuff on YouTube. Uh, Matt's yep, Matt Bilski, uh, youtube.com slash Matt Bilski is my personal channel with cool projects. Um, cool. And then, yeah, flex all of our social stuff, primarily focused on LinkedIn and our, and our website. And we're going to have some exciting videos and stuff uh, coming up soon. And we also have a newsletter there. Um, and if you search Flex Solutions on YouTube and don't mind uh, subscribing, we're trying to get that count up so that we can have Flex Solutions as our, our YouTube page. So yeah, anybody out there, you don't mind, go to that, go to YouTube, search Flex Solutions and uh, hit that subscribe. I promise we won't spam you with anything but cool robots. Um, uh, very cool. <laughs> uh, very cool, my friend. Congratulations on everything you. uh, that you're, you're doing. I really, I have been keeping up with you since you were on the show last time. I see little updates. I'm like, man, he, he is going to, he's going to, he's going to turn this thing into a, a post-revenue Big time company. And then, yeah, I don't know, Black and Decker is going to buy him or whatever. I don't know, somebody. <laughs> and then he's going exactly. to take a year or two off. He's going to do river rafting and camping and you see the world a little bit. And then he's going to come back and he's going to be like, yeah, what the hell am I going to do now? I'm going to build something else. That's what I see from that. I see it, but I'll tell you, like, everybody's <laughs> like, oh, so you'll know better for the next time. I don't know how these serial entrepreneurs <laughs> actually do it twice. Um, amen brother i hear i'm you. looking forward i could be retired everybody's like oh retired you're gonna get bored i'm like no no no, no. retired <laughs> just means i don't have deadlines anymore time <laughs> is no longer a constraint right and that's uh, like i love building this stuff i hate the fact that it needs to be done yesterday <laughs> that's the problem that's uh, the problem next time uh are you coming to colorado this summer at all well, depends on if everybody wears their mask and gets their shot. Right. Okay. Well, if you do come, I mean, if you come <laughs> out, because I know you're a mountain guy, I know you're an active guy. So am I. We'd great to connect and For hang sure. out a little bit, go on a little mountain trip. I'd love it. I'd love it. Sounds great. Really appreciate it, Steve. Matt, Matt, thanks a lot for being on the show. I appreciate it. Same here. Take care. Stay safe. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button. The RiderFlex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviewing. You can visit RiderFlex.com to learn more about us and get information and pricing on the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.